This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome back, everybody, to WTL. Where's the line? Nebraska's first and only sports betting show. I'm your host, Andy Class, and joined by Jabron. <laughs> the Parlay Pounder. How are we doing tonight? You got Jabron? it. We're back. <laughs> yes, we are. And we got a full slate of college football coming your way. Uh, it's week one. We're over the week zero, kind of a primer, kind of a teaser, which we did very teaser. well in. We did yeah. very well there. Uh, and we'll get into that a little later on. But let's dive right into it. Let's get into a, a ranked matchup uh, with some eyeballs glued to it. That is the Florida Gators heading on out to Utah, the 14th ranked Utes. They're a six and a half point favorite. That game is going to be on ESPN, eight o'clock. Thursday night, Jabron, what are your first thoughts, impressions, Utah being nearly a full touchdown favorite here? I really do think, Andy, that it's going to get closer than that, uh, closer the weekend gets to, I mean, uh, closer Friday comes to us or Thursday comes to us, um, you know, until the game starts, I mean, because the the, the SEC really tends to win these matchups. The only thing is Billy Napier hasn't really shown that he can apply it yet at Florida. So um, I, I think Florida should have the advantage when throwing bodies at the quarterback from behind the line and run the ball with authority. But I, I think the Utes are, you know, they're ranked for a reason. And, mm-hmm. I, and I really think they're going to turn some head to here, uh, you know, it, it, especially with uh, scheduling SEC school uh, week one. So it, they're looking to turn heads and obviously they got the playmakers to do that. Yeah, and you just look at the last five games of last year. Florida dropped three of their last five. Utah's on the other side of that. They won uh, three of the last five. One of those losses was uh, to Penn State, one of those weird late-season matchups, Big Ten, uh, Pac-12. Yeah. So, I, I mean, even if you're just going off of what Utah had last year, what they're bringing back this year, their rank, Florida, was really up and down, more down than up last year. I, I think this line makes sense, and that's probably where it needs to be, six and a half. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think so, Andy, and I, and I really think that Utah can pull it out. It, it seems that uh, they have a really good D-line, and they play a stronger brand of defense, I believe Utah mm-hmm. does, than the Florida Gators. And I, I think they have the power to reduce uh, Florida's attack to one-dimensional, and, you know, that's pretty much its weakest link there. So uh, without Andy Richardson, you know, the Colts starter uh, not coming back for uh, Florida, I, I really believe that they're going to be hung out to dry in this one. I got the Utes by seven, so uh, I, I like the line where it's at, and even more if it if it tightens up a little bit. Yeah, and it might do that. You do like to think that Utah could win by a touchdown, and all these different models I'm looking at, these points predictors, these who's going to yeah. win, you're looking north of 70% of all these models are, are taking Utah right now. Just a tough spot, tough opening matchup uh, for a Florida team that's trying to find its find its way, even though they are an SEC school. What about that over-under at 45, Jabron? Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's right there, Andy. Obviously, they said it correct, you know, pretty much right on the dot, but um, I, I do have them winning 31 to 24, so it's right there. So yeah. um, if I had to guess, I, I would go with the under on this just because I think Utah is going to defensively shut down Florida a little bit more uh, than people think it's going to. So I would go with the under if I was going to bet it. I think I'm just uh, with the Utes on this one, though. And Utah's defense is supposed to be better. That's, you know, a knock with uh, all the Pac-12 schools. It yeah. can kind of be a tired rhetoric, uh, but they should be better, and I think they will be. Should we move on to a uh, Thursday matchup here? Let's uh, Friday, Friday. Friday. Oh, yes, Friday. Central Michigan, Michigan State. Yes. We got 
The Spartans are a 14-point favorite. They are at home. This game's going to be on FS1, 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, 6 o'clock if you're in the Central Time Zone, as we are. Jabron, do you think Sparty can win by two touchdowns in their (laughs) in-state rival? Yeah, uh, Central Michigan, obviously not the, you know, not the big big score, not the Big Ten, not, you know, who, who uh, it, it's kind of a prenup game for the Michigan State Spartans. Uh, Michigan State, ha- uh, Central Michigan has a ways to go defensively, have so many new faces on offense. A trip to Spartan Stadium isn't the easiest opening game is what I'm trying to get at. No. Uh, Michigan State is always good defensively, Andy, so I think they're going to give this new offense, this new look offense, uh, a, a lot of chances. And I, and I do believe that they can cover this 14 points. It, it feels that way on the surface, but I'm seeing a lot of sharps, uh, they like to call themselves, uh, yeah. taking Central Michigan here. I mean, it's kind of a coin flip when you're talking uh, point spread um, of that nature, two full scores. But I am seeing some money pour in on Central Michigan with the cover. And yeah, what you I, saw I, I just Michigan think- State. Yeah, no, I just think that is a lot of uh, last year hangover, Andy. Michigan State won five games last year in, you know, entering their fourth year in Mel yeah. Tucker's career there. I, I really think that left a lot of people with uh, found uh, taste in their mouth with, you know, how good Michigan State has been in recent years uh, for them to drop off like that. So I, I do believe that this, you know, Sparty could be a big factor in the Big Ten this but uh you know i I just don't see central michigan get giving them a scare i really don't think they have the talent or toughness to scare the spartans so i got sparty by 14 i think it'll hit easily i mean i i think they win by three three scores in this one yeah at the end of the day it still is you know uh, a max versus a big 10 opponent and yeah a lot of people like to talk about it when the mac does win but that's Few and far in between. You know, that's not the mainstay. Usually rock the Big Ten, and they usually cover for you. Yeah, and, and this is Michigan State. I know they won five games last year, but Nebraska only won four. So if I'm going to that way of thinking, I'm going to change my whole way of thinking about college football. So, no, I, I got Sparty big in this one. Well, if you got him big, what about that 45-point over-under? Yeah, I, I I think it can get up there. I think it's uh I I I would take it all the way to forty seven with the over. I I really like it. I I will be betting that over as uh, Michigan State pours it on these guys. Hey, these large point spreads you're hammering them in week one, and they're coming through for you. So why change it up if it's not broke? Yeah. Don't nope, fix that's it. That's the way. Nope, Sparty <laughs> wins big over hits. Uh, yeah, I, I like this game a lot. Hoping to win a bunch of money on it. All right. Should we move to one of the night games? Let's do it. Louisville taking on the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Uh, I think they got a new quarterback over there at Georgia Tech. And they are a seven-and-a-half point home dog. Louisville is your seven-and-a-half point favorite going on the road in week one. Yeah, Andy, uh, ACC play starting in week one. That's pretty cool. Uh, Louisville will usher in the Jeff Brome era. Yep. The former, uh, you know, Purdue. The, the former Louisville quarterback after a successful stint at Purdue. So this is this is a couple of cool, cool things happening this first week in the ACC. Uh, yeah, so it, it, Jack Plummer, he was a uh, Boilermaker QB. He's the new look for the Louisville Cardinals now. So uh, there's a lot to watch here, Andy. And I, I like this plumber kid. Uh, he transferred to Cal uh, from Purdue. So he, he, he's he got a lot of experience, I feel. And mm-hmm. and I, I, I re- no matter what, Andy, I like the points here. This over is going to hit in this game. It's at 48 and a half right now. I would take this all the way up to 55 points. I think these guys are coming out scoring. No defense <laughs> in this game. Uh, this over is hitting no matter which way you're leaning. So that's that's really what you're looking at is the over. You don't necessarily feel good about the Cardinals covering that seven and a half because I, I'm I see about seventy percent of these uh, predictors are saying that Georgia Tech is going to cover at home over a touchdown point a touchdown dog. Yeah, no, that's that's a huge thing that I always look for, Andy, especially in week one, week zero matchups. If there's a home dog, especially when you're in conference play. Uh, I really like that home 
uh, if they're getting over a touchdown because they're, they're just something to it. Week one, everybody's tight. Uh, not all the offenses will be clicking. There's going to be a lot more defensive players that are going to play better. There's going to be a lot more blitzing. There's going to be a whole bunch more of that on the defensive side of the ball. Offensive guys are going to come out stiff. Uh, I, I I really do think Georgia Tech is going to be able to cover this. I don't think they win, but I do think they cover. I think Louisville wins by a field goal at the end of the game. Uh, I think that's a fantastic point. Defenses are always a little ahead of offenses early in the season. The timing, no uh, those timing routes, everything uh, is just not quite together quite yet. And defenses take full advantage, like you said, throw the kitchen sink at <laughs> some of these poor offenses. And a lot of offenses nowadays are breaking in new quarterbacks, whether it's through the transfer portal or whatever the case may be. It seems like we're seeing a lot more new faces in new places these past couple of years uh, than what we're used to. Yeah, it's the wild, wild west. Anybody can go anywhere at any time. Uh, coaches, quarterbacks, cornerbacks, running backs, it's whatever you want. So it's all in the market. It's uh, Yeah, but it is, it's what a time to be alive in college football. Yeah, quarterbacks and their quarterbacks. Uh, quarterbacks and their coaches, there everybody just jump ship. It's all good. Don't worry about it. Yep. Uh, yeah, so ACC to Big 12 to SEC to <laughs> Big East, whatever you want. Well, let's take a minute to recognize one of our fabulous partners, and that is the Nebraska Brewing Company. World class in every glass. Don't go anywhere. This is WTL. And welcome back, everybody, to WTL. Where's the line? Nebraska's first and only sports betting show. I'm your host, Andy Klassen, joined by... Gibran. Oh, the Parlay Pounder. You got it. You got it. We're back. Yes, we are, and we are back in a big way because it's college football week one, and that's all we're talking about. All four yeah. segments devoted to college football and the true kickoff we had a nice little teaser in week zero yeah. a few fun matchups but this is the full course meal right here yeah this ain't just one game that you might want to turn on you know notre dame navy whatever that was in week week zero we got any team that you could think of in week one and uh especially the huskers so let's go all right well let's look at this 11 o'clock kickoff that i know a lot of husker fans are going to be tuned into Colorado taking on TCU. This line is all over the place. I've seen it at yeah. 19 and a half, 22 and a half, and everywhere in between. Get it where you can find it. Um, TCU's ranked 17th. Surprised a lot of people last year. However, they lost a lot of their team that did so well last year. That surprise team that made the playoff and did well all the way to championship. Colorado, we all know about Colorado and the turnover they have, and primetime taking over the head coaching job, find themselves over a 20-point dog in most books, and that's an 11 o'clock kickoff on Fox. What are your first thoughts here, Jabron? There's so much going on. Yeah, Andy, um, I'm, I'm getting a consensus of about 20 and a half the line. So, you know, three scores, uh, right under three scores for TCU. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy to take – for me to take Colorado serious right now. Mm -hmm. um, but they had to do something, Andy. They had to do something. They had won a combined nine games in the last three seasons. Yeah. So, I mean, everybody's saying this pretty drastic of, of Dion to, you know, totally clean house and clear everybody out, but they needed to do something and they're behind them on it, uh, especially with the, you know, the backers and the program and everybody, you know, selling out uh, for a team that hasn't won. Yeah, uh, anything in a long time. Yeah, they've they've been pretty dreadful the last three or four seasons. Um, I just, but I do think that Dion has brought in a lot of talent, definitely more talent than what they've had the last three or four years, more talent than they're accustomed to, and I think they got some really good starters. That's why I'm all I'm kind of leaning towards a lot of these pundits that are saying Colorado can and will cover. Early in the season, they might be all right with their starting, their, you know, top 11 guys on each side. It's when they got to get into their depth. That's where an ex, uh, they're going to get exposed and Colorado's going to have some problems. But early in the year, first game of the season, don't you think they could keep it within three touchdowns? 
Yeah, I, I, I just don't really know, Andy, because I've never seen the Sanders uh, play uh, quarterback. He, he's been playing in the SWAC. Uh, this is the Pac-12. It's not the highest caliber of college football, but just like you said, TCU Horn Frogs were in the college football playoff. Like you said, though, they did say goodbye to its top three rushers, its top three receivers last year. Uh, Mac Duggan is in the NFL now. He's not the quarterback anymore. Yeah. But, I mean – both Colorado and TCU have a lot of production to replace, but it, I think it's far worth for the Buffalo. So, um, I, I mean, I just really think that TCU has a better brand of football right now, and I do believe that they are going to run it up on these guys because who does not want to put Deion Sanders in his place, especially week one? So I I, I think the TCU Horn Frogs are going to come out for blood. I think they're going to pile as many points as they can on this young Colorado team and I and I and I'm just saying I think this Colorado team will give into it and forfeit so to speak and give up so I do believe that this is probably a 35 point game Andy I think TCU smokes them wow wow so with that being said that over under at 64 you're thinking TCU might get there I I do uh there's a reason that it's up there and it's not because of Colorado I'll tell you that (laughs) <laughs> oh man that that's just so steep for me in week one and i know you're not afraid of a lot of these uh large point spreads especially when you have two teams you know one coming out of a lower division or, or the mac or something like that uh, yeah. against the big 10 or a big 12 school but this is pac 12 versus uh, big 12 these two teams will be in the same conference next year right colorado's making the move uh, back yeah i i think that's the way it lines up it's just uh, that just Colorado has too much to figure out, and and, and I, I just don't, don't believe that they've had the time to do it. Um, I, the other thing that I really look into in this game is the TCU defense remains solid from last year, Andy, and that's good enough to keep the Horn Frogs in the thick of the Big Twelve this year, I believe. Okay. I, I, I don't expect a you know a return to the college football playoff or anything like that. I just really think that they're gonna compete in the Big Twelve, and uh, I, I really don't think Colorado has what it takes to be in the Big Twelve right now. <laughs> Probably not, but I think they could hang in there within three touchdowns. Come on, Dion, well, give me one week, not next week, this week. <laughs> there you We're go. Split on that. I do like your over pick, though. I do like the over. There you go. All right, let's move on to another 11 o'clock game on FS1. The Iowa Hawkeyes, big favorites, big favorites over Utah State. 25 points are the home team in Iowa City. Over under those, only at 45. Uh, how are you leaning on this one, Jabron? Well, you know, Iowa's coming off an eight-win season, kind of underwhelming to what they've, you know, come to expect out of that team in the last, you know, you know, a lot of years <laughs> they've been pretty dang good yeah uh, solid michigan transfer Cade mcnamara is their new quarterback uh that's pretty much what's highlighting the iowa team and what everybody's uh you know pretty you know ready to go for on the iowa side of this border so yeah. utah state i don't believe is going to be as good as they have in recent years there's a lot of production they need to replace in a new coaching staff outside of the head coach uh I believe this is one of the more talented Iowa teams in recent memory to me. So I really like Iowa here. I think they lay it on these guys. Uh, I'm not scared of the 24 points or 25, wherever it's at. I think they're in a a different caliber uh, play. I like the Iowa Hawkeyes and you know that that defense is going to be there for them. Yeah. Defense is definitely going to be there and there's an incentive based uh, pay, (laughs) Put on for uh, uh, Brian Ferentz, the offensive coordinator, with where no he doubt. has to get to. Utah State did go to a bowl game last year and did win six games. Yeah. Uh, so it's not like they're just your typical cupcake. And we no. have seen Iowa struggle in game ones before. We've seen them have a real tough outing against, you know, opponents of this caliber. Yeah, no, no, no doubt, Andy. And like, like we said, with these massive lines for season openers, we, you know, you tend to see some sluggish play, like you just alluded to. But I, I just believe that they're not going to be able to stop Iowa on the ground. And if Cade, you know, tries to open it up a little bit, I do believe that this Iowa team does have potential on the offensive side of the ball this year. And I really think that they're going to try and you know starlight that in this first game against a lesser opponent in Utah State. 
Uh, all the models I'm looking at are split right down the middle. They think they got this. The odds makers have this line right on the button here at 25. And I think you're starting, you're seeing half the money pour in on both of these teams here. Uh, that With that over under, the total sitting at 45 points and, and uh, the point spread at 25. I mean, you can look at that. That's a product of how Iowa plays football. But man, yeah. there's not a lot of margin there. Like if you get one, it looks kind of hard to get the other, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it would, you would to hit both. You would expect that you would have to go with Iowa with the points and then bet the over with it and expect both of them to hit. It's just that that's a tough call, Andy. I really do. I do like the Iowa a little better if we can find it twenty-one to twenty-four points. Yeah. You know, get that spread around there. Twenty-five is pushing it. I like the twenty-four. Um, but with that 44 and a half, it, it does make you scratch your head a little bit thinking what these guys are thinking. If they're trying to split the money a little bit, uh, you know, trying to get people to bet one way and take the points on the other side. So uh, I, I'm going to stay away from that over under, but I do like Iowa to cover by at least 24. All right. We got a little bit of time here. Let's talk another big 10 matchup here in week one. Yeah. 230 kickoff on CBS. Big Ten's back on CBS. All right, what do you know? The number three team in the nation, the Ohio State Buckeyes, are a 30-point favorite against Indiana. The Hoosiers getting no love at home. Over-under, sitting at 59. Yeah, this is uh, this is one of those that they dangled up in front of Indiana and said, you want to host the, one of the best teams in the nation week one? <laughs> you know, kind of highlight your stadium and all that kind of stuff, but it is a – I believe the NCAA is serving them up a, a pretty tough one here. I mean, yeah. it's 30 and a half points, Andy. I know that's a lot. I know that's hard for a, you know, big 10 game and everything. The only way that I see that Ohio state doesn't cover this Andy is they get up by way too much in the first half and kind of call the dogs off and, you know, Indiana kind of falls back into coverage, you know, in garbage time. Yeah. I, I still don't believe that's going to happen. I think they're going to be up by four touchdowns in the first half and continue to play starters all the way into the third quarter. So I'm yeah. expecting this to be right at like, I don't know, probably 50 to seven at the end yeah. of this game. I believe Ohio State rolls in this one. They just got too much talent. Uh, their offensive line is once again strong. They have NFL guys across the board on this offensive line. They are going to run all day on this Indiana defense that is uh, – they got some gaps. A couple of things to note here. Over 70% of the money is currently pouring in on Ohio State covering that, so that point spread is going to swell. So the earlier you can get it, if you are on the Buckeyes, yeah. get in on that. You're also seeing the total move down. It was at 61-60. Now I'm seeing it at 59 really across the board. Uh, yeah. How do you like that over? That's that's another tough one, Andy. Uh, obviously, they set it a little too high, and people started throwing money in on it. Yeah. Um, but this gets anywhere close to 56, 57 points. You got to think that Ohio State might be able to do that, uh, you know, with any help from Indiana whatsoever. I, I do have Ohio State at least scoring 40 points in this, and they could push it to 50. Uh, depends on how much they have to put the gas on. So. Uh, I I don't believe that I am going to be touching this over under just because yeah. uh, I, do, I don't have faith in Indiana scoring any points whatsoever in this. I, I know that the Ohio State defense isn't quite as strong as the offense, mm -hmm. but this year is an experienced group of people for the Ohio State, and they're going to be able to contain everything Indiana throws their way. Uh, so I really like Ohio State to cover. I'm not so on board with the over-under, but I would obviously lean with the over if I had to. And I'm going to agree with you on that on both fronts. And I also think the quarterback situation at Ohio State bodes very well for a lot of points being scored. Yeah. Uh, it's still kind of up in the air who exactly the starter is going to be. And I think they're going to be yeah. battling it out. So that when the, the other guy gets in, he's going to want to prove himself. He's going to want to uh, open up the playbook. The coaches are for him to see what he can do. Uh, I just think it's a really tough scenario week one for the Hoosiers. So give me the points. I'll lay them down for Ohio State. And, yeah, we can just sidestep that total. We don't need to get too wild in, in week one, do we? 
Yeah, for sure. I, I just know Ohio State's going to score a lot of points. Doesn't matter who the quarterback is with receivers like Marvin Harrison Jr. and Julian Fleming. Those guys are going to score probably two touchdowns each. So uh, Indiana doesn't have the guys to play with these guys, and they're going to they're gonna light up the scoreboard no matter who's under center. All right. Well, we got more college football uh, lined up here, so don't go anywhere, folks. This is WTL. And welcome back, everybody, to WTL. Where's the line? Nebraska's first and only sports betting show. I'm your host, Andy Class, and joined by Jabron, the Parlay Pounder. <laughs> you got it. You got it. We're back. We are back, and we aren't done. We're not done talking college football. I know we filled up the first two segments. We got even more coming up right here, right now. You but got it. before we look ahead, should we look back on some of our hits and misses from yeah, let's do week zero. zero? Yeah, it was a lot of fun, Andy, and a couple of them that we really, really uh, told people to go after. Number one, I have to say, Notre Dame. Uh, they came out; they were a twenty and a half point favorite over Navy. I think both of us kind of jumped on there thinking that that was cupcake for him. I knew that they were going to, uh, you know, run it up yeah. on Navy a little bit. We knew that this new Hartman kid for Notre Dame is going to air the football out all season. Guy went for 251 yards and four touchdowns through the air. We knew that was going to happen. Good for Notre Dame. I'm not a huge Notre Dame fan, but I knew that they were going to do that, especially against Navy. Yeah, and when you really start to look at it, it did look like Navy or Notre Dame had the upper hand and they were going to cover, even though it was an inflated line. There are a lot of those lines. You just can't get too scared, especially in college football this yeah. early in the season. And you kept it hot. You uh, hit your second uh, point spread pick as well. Yeah, and that's pretty much reversing what we just did there. I did believe this USC was a little inflated. It was USC against San Jose State. Uh, 31 and a half point spread, Andy. And, you know, that is just so hard to cover, especially if you don't have a top tier defense, which I do not believe at USC does. Yes, they got the best player in college football in Caleb Williams, and he showed out. He had 278 yards through the air and four touchdowns. So you know that he is going to be there in the Heisman race, but they they did not they they did not limit San Jose State on the a defensive side of the ball. They ended up scoring 28 points, uh, only a 28 point spread there. So uh, yes, yeah, San Jose State really wants some money for me because everybody was on that USC hype train. No, that was an excellent pick. And the more I looked at uh, San Jose State, the more it made more and more sense. Their defense uh, wasn't terrible last year. Their offense was pretty good and is projected to be even better this year. And early on, that's exactly what happened. They put up, yep. like you said, 28 points on USC's defense. And then we got a late pick in there, one that I was all over. I wanted to get it in there. Uh, Hawaii, the the Road Warriors, the Road Rainbow Warriors, they covered 17 and a half at Vanderbilt for me. Vanderbilt, an SEC school, went out to Hawaii last year, beat their brakes off. I mean, blew them yeah. out of the water. Um, but this year, I just thought it was a different story. Still had Vanderbilt winning, but I had Hawaii with the cover, and that's exactly what happened. Ended up being a pretty tight game. Yeah, no, that was a lot of fun to watch that game, Andy. Um, Hawaii cut it to seven points with only four minutes to go. They had, a, I mean, yeah. a legitimate chance to win this game. Uh, and their coach said it even after, you know, they lost still and everything, but he said, we are listening to everybody downplay us all week long, all offseason long, that we couldn't play with the SEC. And they were right, right there. They they had Vanderbilt's back against the wall. Vanderbilt ended up pulling out the win, but covered in big fashion. Hey, that's all I was asking for, and that's that's what I got. So pretty good for us going three for three yeah. on the point spread college picks last week. Got to be happy with that. Great start. And we're not even started yeah. technically. This is week one. So, yeah, I mean, that was just a teaser. <laughs> We're going to get even better as it, as the time goes on. So, yeah. Well, let's get into this week's matchup, another Big Ten matchup. I'm going to say this one's going to have a little bit more competitive balance to it compared to Ohio State and Indiana. We're talking about the Wildcats, Northwestern, 
traveling to Piscataway, New York to take on Rutgers. Rutgers, six and a half point favorite. I'm seeing across the board here. They're also collecting the majority of the handle at the pay window right now as far as betters leaning towards uh, the Knights. Yeah, Andy. Uh, no matter at the end of the day, this is still Big Ten football. These are still, you know, uh, teams at Nebraska. Well, I know that we play in Northwestern for sure. So th this is definitely something Husker fans will look into, especially with us losing to Northwestern last year with the, yeah. us being their only win in the Big Ten. But I really, <laughs> really see Rutgers. Uh, it's going to be a close game. But I do believe Rutgers has the advantage here, especially playing at home. Uh, the line's sitting right there at six and a half. Some places still have it at seven, Andy. I, I really do believe Rutgers wins by probably 10 points. I, I, I do like the seven. Mm. I like the six and a half even better, though, if you can find it there. It's got to be tough for Northwestern. All the turnover, the coach, you know, getting uh, the ax there late in the game. Yeah. Uh, and the current coaching staff kind of, back in their their old ball coach uh whether it's with t-shirts you know banners whatever the case may be it just feels like northwestern they're reeling right now and i don't know how they're gonna necessarily compete here especially early on this is a sunday game right on cbs 11 o'clock kickoff yeah so they they are in the limelight they're on sunday football right before nfl starts a week before nfl starts on sunday so they do got a, a time slot here for them and uh they're going to be you know highlighted here but uh, yeah with the northwestern just the way that it's going uh from a pr perspective i don't think they've in, ever been anywhere worse than this wow. i guess that could be good for him on the field as a everybody against us mentality or whatever. But I just don't believe without Fitzgerald, this, this, uh, this football team is going to be on a right foot this year. And I just believe Rutgers probably has a little bit, uh, you know, leg up in this one. And I think their, their defense will feast on that new Northwestern offense. So I like Rutgers. I like him by 10 might, but might be by more. The continuity alone should favor Rutgers in a, a big way here. And this yeah. line, interesting a lot enough, the over-under is moving down. Was it 40, 41? Now it's all the way down to 39 and a half getting bet down. And it makes a lot of sense uh, at second glance because neither of these offenses you're impressed with. And if there's one thing Greg Shano's teams have been known for, it's their tough defense. So, yeah. you know, who's going to be scoring these points in this Big Ten uh, week one matchup? Who knows? Yeah, no, I, I don't. I have this game sitting right at 35 points, Andy. I don't believe it gets any higher than that. I just don't see where the points come from, like you alluded to. And I think Rutgers defense is just a little bit uh, too good for Northwestern. So I, I like I like Rutgers. I like the I like the spread and I would go with the under if I had to might stay away from that one just in case any funny business early morning on Sunday. All right, let's get to the big matchup everybody's talking about. Sunday night, a couple of top 10 ranked teams here. Florida State is playing host to LSU. The fifth-ranked Tigers are going on the road, and they find themselves two-and-a-half-point favorites. That kickoff is at 6.30 on ABC. The over-under, it's, uh, it's going up. It's climbing. Was it 56 earlier today? I see it at 56-and-a-half consensus across most of the books. And I think it's going to keep climbing because these two teams can fill it up. Yeah. No, Andy, I like uh, that. That's the first thing I want to say is I like the over. Uh, these two are going to score a lot of points. This is the this is pretty much the coming out party of the college football season this year. This is the marquee matchup of the weekend that everybody wants to see a top 10 matchup, especially with two big names of college football you know national champion winners uh you know florida state versus lsu it doesn't get better than that so i like 60 plus in this game of for points to be uh to be whoa. scored whoa yeah yeah and you're, you're not alone watching this uh line climb up here last year florida state got the tigers everyone's thinking the revenge factors at play but you're going on the road to tallahassee to play florida state here I don't think it's going to be easy sailing for the Tiger team here. No, Andy, and it's not. I, admittedly, to me, this is a tough game to predict, Andy. Uh, you know, I, I just think this is two of the best college football teams in the country right now. But I, I think I do like you, uh, LSU 
edging the win. I do believe they. it's a field goal at the end, though, either way. So I, I would back LSU. LSU is the play for me. Uh, but you, you got to look at that uh, money line for Florida State, which is sitting at a plus 120 right now to mm. win at home. I think that's I think that's a good as bet as anything. But I do like LSU to win at the end here. I, but I just don't know if they cover it, it, especially if that gets over three. It's at two and a half right now. So I do like that. But if it gets to three, three and a half, I, I would probably back Florida State. Yeah, you like the hook there at two and a half. That still gives you the, the field goal win. We're on a key number right there at two and a half. Um, you also have year two of the coaching staff being intact there at LSU. So there yeah. should be some much improvement there, especially when you're talking week one um, uh, as it was last year in the same type of matchup. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, had a whole year. They look really good at the end of the year. I thought LSU, I think, is back, and uh, this is a statement game for him if there ever was one. So uh, I get that Jordan Travis is on the other side of this ball for Florida State, and everybody's hyping him up a lot as the quarterback for Florida State. But I do believe LSU's defense is going to be really, really good this year, and I think they hold Jordan Travis in check week one. Okay, I'll buy it. You know, it's hard to bet against at the SEC in week one. I don't know why. It just it, That's just the way it is, you know? Just the way it is. All right, should we talk about a Monday night game? Yeah, Monday night football. <laughs> uh, top 10 team, Clemson's on the road taking on Duke, where they are a 13-point, talking about key numbers, 13-point favorite. This is on ESPN 7 o'clock kickoff, 55 and a half. You got the hook for your over-under. Yeah, Andy, everybody that's talking about this game is talking about the quarterbacks, especially on the Duke side, which is pretty surprising. Riley Leonard is a potential superstar NFL caliber quarterback. Everybody's putting him in the top 10 of uh, mock drafts this coming year, especially for teams that are in the need of a quarterback. So this is pretty crazy to see a line that's, you know, almost to two touchdowns. It's uh, 13 points towards Clemson right now with the over-under of 55. So uh, it, it's pretty crazy to see that Duke is such a, you know, dog at home, but everybody's talking about their quarterback. I just think that's pretty wild. Yeah, it really doesn't add up. And, and you're also seeing the majority of the money being poured in on Clemson. I think you're, yeah. you're we're talking about the brand power of that yeah. previous matchup, Florida State, LSU. You know, and then you see kind of a 50-50 breakup. Here you got Duke versus a traditional power or a recent power anyway in Clemson. Yeah. And I just think people are betting the name. They're they're seeing yeah. the Clemson Tigers. Well, I'll tell you why, Andy. And it's that Clemson defense is so tough. It's it's just really good. Uh that we are really gonna see this Duke quarterback and see if he can lay it on. I, I hate to put so much pressure on him in week one, but this is how you get your draft stock up is to go against a top-tier team like Clemson that has NFL caliber defensive players on it and take it to them. So I, I do like I, – I I like Duke covering in this game. I, I, it is one of my more uneasy ones of the week, though, just because Clemson <laughs> is a, you know, top-10 team. But, again, I really think they're going to be slow coming out of the gate. And if this Duke quarterback is as good as everybody's saying he is, he's going to keep him in the game. So – I really like uh, – I would like it to be 14, but it's at 13 right now, so I might have to wait around and look for a better line. I really thought we were going to split there because I was back in the Dukes. I I, re- I think Duke can get there as well. Uh, week one, all the things you just mentioned there. And Clemson's kind of been underwhelming, really, if we're honest. Yeah. The last couple of years, they have been. So you heard the yeah. horn. We're, what? we're up against it, so let's take a minute to recognize one of our fabulous partners, and that is the Stock and Rod Company. An outdoor lifestyle brand for those seeking adventure, whether it's hunting, fishing, hiking, they got you covered. Visit StockandRod.com to get your wild game on. Don't go anywhere, folks. This is WTL. Welcome back, everybody, to WTL, Where's the Line, Nebraska's first and only sports betting show. I'm your host, Andy Class, and joined by... Gabron. Oh, the parlay pounder. You got it. <laughs> How are we doing, Gabron? Good, good. Ready to throw up those bones for the Scurs. 
I was going to say, we talk a lot of ten Big Ten football. We talk some Pac-12, Big 12. Now we got to get into the matchup that we're all thinking of, and that is the Thursday night kickoff between the Minnesota Gophers and the Nebraska Huskers. Nebraska really opened this up as an eight-point dog really across the board. That line has slowly been shifting down, getting a little tighter. I think you can still get it for seven and a half. Yeah. A lot of books have moved to seven. Yeah, Andy. Uh, it, it's, I think just a lot of red people, uh, you know, pouring into the books and, you know, shifting that line. <laughs> um, it, it's, I, I think more and more people are beginning to think that this new guy at Nebraska, Matt Rule, might have something under his thumb, especially this first game against P.J. Fleck. Yeah, might have something up his sleeve as we're seeing that line creep down. Uh, interestingly enough, the total is actually moving up. Uh, it's yeah. up at 43 I'm seeing right now. And, and this is going to be a 7 o'clock kickoff night game on Fox. Joel Klatt, Gus Johnson, the whole nine yards. Everybody's going to be on hand. You can bet Joel Klatt's going to be interested because, you know, being a Colorado uh, alum. And then he's going to – I think he's on the call next week too, Nebraska-Colorado. So yeah. that's kind of an interesting game for him to be calling. Yeah, no, he's he's always one to he always says he's not against us and unbiased and everything, but you know that uh being from the Buffaloes, he has a little distaste <laughs> for the uh the red end. So no, that is good, Andy. Uh the thing with Nebraska here, Andy, every all eyes are on Jeff Sims, the transfer quarterback from Georgia Tech. Uh everybody's saying he's a dual threat guy. Uh we we really haven't, you know, our quarterback play over the recent years, we can really stem to, you know, us losing games late, you know, by an interception or a fumble or anything, not naming names or anything like that. But everybody's saying that this guy might be the missing piece and really going to be able to take over games late. Well, but he also has that caveat. He's turnover prone as well. And it's like, it doesn't matter if we have a dual threat guy, a pocket passer. It just seems like our quarterbacks in the recent years, anyhow, have liked to kind of turn it over. And that's not all on them either. I think a lot has been put on our quarterback's uh, plate, especially when you're talking yeah. about like Adrian Martinez. Maybe we asked him to do a little too much. And of course, he felt the need to, to perform and do too much. This game's interesting because Minnesota's gotten the better of the Huskers last three or four years. Uh, and last year, just look at it at yeah. face value. Minnesota went seven and three. Nebraska three and seven. I think this line makes a lot of sense. I, I, I thought it made enough sense even over a touchdown, seven and a half, eight points. Um, it's really tough here. If you take the fandom out of it and all the rule and all the fun, people leaning towards Minnesota, it's hard to argue with them. Yeah, Andy. I Obviously, if you look at stuff's face value, especially, you know, not being from either place, not being from Nebraska, not being from Minnesota, not familiar with the teams, you just look at last year's record, you would obviously have to go with the Golden Gophers here and say, wow, that's not weird that they're a seven and a half, eight point favorite or even a touchdown. It's just that Minnesota lost three of their last five games against the spread in 2022, Andy. Mm. And that's before losing their top three offensive players to the NFL. They were so good on offense last year. They had three really good standout pieces that all went to the NFL, Andy. The Cornhuskers, on the other hand, pushed or won against the spread in the last five of six games overall. Okay. And pushed or covered it in three games on the road. So, Nebraska, for all you can say about them, even if we're not going to win, it seems that we're always in those games, and I think that's even going to be even more apparent under Matt Rule. So I like us to cover here, Andy, but the, you know me. What I'm looking at right now is that money line bet sitting there at plus 215 Ooh. to take down the Gophers up in Minneapolis. Oh, that's boy. just too good a value for a team <laughs> that I think is just as good as Minnesota. Oh man! Oh boys, you are all, you are all the the, the rule aid for sure. You know, and you know and Coach Rule did just have a, a press conference a couple of days ago, and they asked him about how important it was. Uh, I forget who it was, a World Herald guy or somebody. How important it was to get off to a fast start? And he goes, "I'm never going to talk about fast starts. It's how you finish. Uh, how many yeah. times did Nebraska have a lead 
early in the game in the first half and then let it slip away. And I also like how he takes ownership of it. He's not putting yeah. it on the previous staff. He's saying, we, we did that. Um, so I, and I really like that message talking about it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And if that's the mindset going in and him saying that, hey, if we get down by 17, so what? We're still going to fight, crat, you know, crest, scratch and claw our way back into this one with a ch- hopefully having a chance to win the fourth quarter. With that type of mentality, it makes a lot of sense to me that they're going to at least strive to be close late in ball games, and that means be within a touchdown. Yeah, Andy. Another crazy thing that I've heard Rule State over and over quote every time he gets on the mic is that on multiple occasions, talking about special teams, and it's this, mm. really the strength of his squads, and that could win us two to three games a year. So that's really yeah. refreshing to hear, especially that's how we've lost games in the past, especially close games, you know, with a muff punt, a punt to the other side of the field, an onside kick, or, you know, just <laughs> just really bonehead stuff that Nebraska's done in recent years that it just didn't look like we're sharp at that. It, it really seems to be, uh, you know, a point of emphasis for this coaching staff, and I really, really like that going into this game. Yeah, and t- speaking of uh, special teams, Tristan Alvano, the freshman uh, kicker out of Westside, uh, you know, made the game-winning kick in the state championship. We were both there. Had a You're fun seat for that. Awesome game. Congratulations to that young man. I think he's, you know, kicking with a lot of confidence. And the fact that they uh, gave him the nod uh, kind of late in the process here, but still the longer it went without them naming a starter, I thought the more it felt like they are going to go with the youngster. Yeah, I think they're just giving him more and more opportunities to, you know, get kicks, watch them go in, all that kind of stuff, getting kind of, you know, settled in to being a D1 uh, Big yeah. Ten kicker. So I really do believe they gave him the confidence he needs, and uh, this kid could be one of our big pieces for the next four years. So I really, really like that they went with the youngster here, and I'm really excited to watch him play. So. If it comes down to it, this could be a signature moment for him at the end of this game. So I'm really excited for him and really excited for the special teams units to roll out on the field to see what kind of improvements we've made. Well, if it comes down to an Alvano kick, the Huskers are covered. So I like the the sound of that. Uh, Speaking of uh, easing a new guy in, Minnesota, for the first time, it seems like in eight or nine years, they have a new quarterback. What do you think of this guy? Well, Andy, I was going to bring that up as one of my points for why I'm backing the Big Red. This guy, Cal <laughs> Kamanis, is ranked 67 out of 69 among Power 5 quarterbacks in the nation by 24-7 sports. These guys do their homework, figure it out, and this guy is last among the Big Ten field, uh, you know, in in, in quarter, starting quarterbacks. So, Uh, That's a big reason that I do not like Minnesota this year. They don't like this guy. Uh, Everybody peering in seems to think he's not the guy except for P.J. Fleck. So uh, I can't say anything about P.J. Fleck. You you know, put back-to-back nine-win seasons or, you know, whatever it is up there. But this guy I don't believe is the guy, and I believe that if there's any way that our defense gets off to a good start, it's against a guy of this caliber. So I like – Nebraska coming in defensively against this guy, especially in his first game, the Big Ten. You know, and, and Flex really trying to poo-poo a lot of that talk, you know, and protect this guy rightfully so. Uh, yeah, but he's sure. saying this is a system type of deal that we, we brought from Western Michigan, the whole nine yards. And they're a power-rushing team. Uh, you know, he talks a big game. He's got his Oakleys on. You know, he, he did the, the some, you know, whatever s- surgery and all that stuff, you know. Um, but they really are a smash-mouth football team, and that has given Nebraska fits over the years. Yeah. You still don't think this fit with the quarterback, with a rushing-style offense, you still think there could be some struggles there? I think that – I still don't think they know who their guys are, Andy. They lost, you know, Tanner Morgan to the Pittsburgh Steelers, really yeah. good quarterback for them for years, and then their leading rusher, Muhammad, last year – he lost him to the pros as well. So I don't believe they know who their next guys are. They're not a huge recruiting, you know, you know, powerhouse or anything like that. So I think right. they're trying to land on these guys that have been there for a little bit. Like we said, that this uh, this quarterback that's taken over, 
He, he did play a little bit uh, last year for Morgan when he was injured, just went, you know, three touchdowns to four interceptions. So I, I don't believe that, you know, that's a small sample size, but I just don't believe Minnesota is done with their personnel. And, and uh, I, I really like that we're getting them early in the year. So PJ doesn't have the time to scramble that he's going to at the end of the year when he coming down the stretch. So I like him right now. Uh, everybody's kind of high on him because of their high flying offense last year, but, but it's not the same personnel. It's new guys. And I don't believe this quarterback has what it takes to play in the big 10. We got a little bit of time here. You said you like an in-game prop. What are you looking at? Well, Andy, right now, I, I, you know, obviously I like that money line bet at 15. Another one that I really like Andy is court, uh, total points for the Huskers. If you look down the line, it's at 20 and a half points on DraftKings Sportsbook. For us to go over that, it's at a plus 135. I do believe we can score three touchdowns against the Golden Gophers. I think that plus money is really good right there at a plus 135. So I I'm taking the Huskers to score at least three touchdowns to at least score 21 points. I think that plus 135 is just too good of value to pass up. Yeah, I like that plus money. So if that's your train of thought, you can see why this total is moving up. Currently at 43, do you want any of that action? Yeah, Andy, I, I do believe that it's going to be right there. Um, it, I, I, I have a hard time going with the over or under in this matchup, Andy, just because I don't know these offenses good enough to put points to them. So uh, I would like to say it gets there. I, I really – I really like Jeff Sims. Obviously, I'm drinking the roulade a little bit, but I do believe that we can get 21. But I almost think that that might be enough for us to win the ball game as well. So I might back the under a little bit, but I really think the 21 points for the Huskers will hit. I'm banking a lot on that Husker D. I think we're both in unison as far as taking the Huskers covering this point spread. But you, you like them winning outright here, don't you? I do. I like the plus 215. Ooh. Uh, most people have got it at 250 earlier in the week or this past weekend. So uh, I, I do believe Big Red's going to show out. I believe it's going to be loud up there for us. Uh, I, I just think it's it's time to usher in the new the new system. I don't believe it's going to be a face face plant like last year in Week Zero with Northwestern. I believe this is a a new crew, a new team, uh, a, a new path for the Huskers. Well, I and everybody across Husker Nation hopes you are right. I'm not quite as bold as you, Jabron, but I do have got Nebraska it. covering. Pretty good for a week one, you got to say, especially in prime time Thursday night. No doubt. Yeah, and it's always going to be tough, you know, taking on a Big Ten opponent on the road, but it would it would sure go a long way with the Husker season to open up like this, especially going to Colorado next weekend. Well, that'll about do it for us this week, folks. That's a great segue there because you know we're going to be talking about Colorado next week. Be sure to follow us on ESPN Tri-City Radio, the Facebook page here. We're also on Twitter giving out picks each and every day. Our YouTube channel, we've eclipsed 2,000 subscribers. Thank you. Thank you all who have subscribed, has caught some of our shorts. like to have a lot of fun on that channel. We also yeah. have some daily picks on TikTok. For all you TikTokers out there, be sure to look us up on WTL. That's the handle. For Jabron, the parlay pounder, I'm Andy Klassen. Thank you for listening. This has been WTL.